Good evening, everybody. It's Monday, June 27th, and it's time for me to check to see whether my mic is on before I start talking. It's also time for 10 Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and we're going to be calling Jake to see uh, if he's finished walking through the spider webs. So let's give him a call, shall we? We shall. Hello there. Hello. You missed are the... We uh, we're, we're live, yes. Okay. The song we came in on, by the way, was No Doubt Spider Webs. Oh. Uh, hold on. I don't know which direction I have to turn these knobs to make you louder in my ears. <laughs> okay. That was louder. Is that louder? Cool. Yeah. How was your day of not being able to work because all of the things that let you do your job were not not plugged into anything? No, I did I did more work than I might do on an average day, actually. I was uh, I did a lot of curation of calendar contests. I did a, a lot of appraising Facebook folk of what was going on. Did some uh, writing up a contract for the guy who's drawing our comic book. Is that appraising or apprising? Appraising, yeah. I appraised them, too. I, I figured out how much they would be worth in the open market. Mm. Is there an open market for people? I thought that was always kind of a, a, you know, kind of a black market. That's a black market, but it's wide open. Okay. I mean, now more than ever. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of tired from just vibrating <laughs> today. <laughs> um, there was not a lot of stuff for me to do in the middle of all of this. Uh, most of the heavy lifting was was done by others. Uh, uh, a, big, a big shout out to Geth Intertron, uh, our server guy, uh, whose name is not really Intertron, but um, yeah. So this was a weird uh, thing. It it had the remarkable common decency to not start happening until like 8:30 a.m. on a Monday, which huh. you know. That's that's the time I'm supposed to start working. Um, so yeah, we we had uh, the the story so far, as I'm sure that people are curious. Um, so we had these database servers. We, you know, the the game runs on a bunch of forward-facing web servers, and then two uh, two big database servers that were old and only getting older, and uh, had uh, been outpaced by the last five years worth of advancing technology pretty significantly so we had this plan right this plan was to get some new database servers uh, which are a quarter the size a third the cost and like probably four or five times the power um, <clears throat> and I decided well I'll get two of them uh, so that we can have some uh, redundancy or if we end up not actually being able to consolidate down to a single web server or for, for whatever reason, why buy one when you can get two at twice the price? That's the lesson that I learned from watching Contact. Um, so those had only just gotten straightened out and the last that I heard from Geff was he, was, he, he told us, I should have these ready for you to start migrating data to by Monday afternoon. I'm like, cool. So we can begin the slow and uh, painstaking and careful process of migrating the data from the old servers to the new servers. Uh, and then one of the old servers decided that today was the right day to just sort of take a shit on itself. Uh, so what we did was a hasty, desperate, all at once transition of the data from that server to the other server. Um, not at all what we had planned, not, I think, the right way to do it or the way that we would have done it given any uh, alternatives, but it seems to have worked out okay. Um, this gives me great hope for the potential in actually getting down to one uh, single database server because with like a thousand people logged on, we were apparently using 0.44% of the available uh, resources hmm. on the new database server. 
um, which seems to bode extremely well. I mean, that, like, I don't think that that means that we could have 10,000 concurrent users with no lag, uh, because it never works that way. And also, the, the resource that that load average is measuring is not the only resource, right? So there's, you know, that is potentially still at 3% when the hard drive use is spiked out. Uh, but... Yeah, so uh, emergency transition to uh, one of the new servers. We still have to do a bunch of work to get... Uh, so, like, basically, we have to do the slow version, which is going to be over the course of, of weeks, I think, of transferring the other database server, which is, you know, fingers crossed, still healthy and fully operational, uh, to the other new one. And then we have to collapse the two new ones down to a single new one, um, which is the process that I had been talking about doing, which is just, like you know, several slightly longer rollovers and, you know, maybe some, like, uh, for the next couple hours, K-mail's not going to work or whatever mm -hmm. while we move it across. But uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, super lucky timing, though, for this to happen. Yeah. Like, if this had happened a week ago, it would have been a lot more work. It's one of those so, things that, like, ah, this could have been way, way worse. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a pain in the neck. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is... What What makes me happy about this is that this is almost the worst thing that could possibly have happened, right? And it's like, oh, you know what? We recovered from that. Like, it was a few hours down, but, like, data's still there, and it, you know, process is there when we, you know, it, it seems... Seems right. You should notice things that are... Uh, things on the secondary database server being like really noticeably faster than they were like your k-mail should be real real peppy compared to how it used to be um and like uh chat any any lag that was attributable to or noticeable in chat uh should be real. the web servers are still the same old web server so if you're getting lag because you're like in you know some podunk backwater like western europe yeah. uh you might still end up yeah. with some uh, some general network latency um, but yeah, the tense, tense day. These new servers are fucking sweet, though. It seems. Their, uh, their specs are, are off the charts. They are. They have 40, they have 48 gigabytes of RAM. Yeah, I don't even have a chart that goes anywhere near that shit. No. Ah, uh, so, that's what I, that's what I did, uh, today. What are you, what have you been up to? <laughs> It, uh, I don't know, it seems like we already talked about things that we couldn't possibly have already talked about because they took place this weekend. Uh, we went went to the drive-in on Thursday. Yeah, how'd that go? That was totally awesome. We got, uh, we found that you can put the seats down in our car and, like, make a little bed to lie back on and watch Green Lantern and Super 8. And we smoked our hookah out, in, out there in the parking lot and grilled and drank beer and yeah it was a good time was had by all did they come and yell at you because they thought you were smoking drugs no i think once the guy takes your tickets they whoever runs the thing just vanishes for the rest of the night huh i mean there are enough people there smoking enough stuff that not his job to go around telling everybody what to do what'd you think of super eight super eight was uh eh, it was good yeah it was real good 
did you did you get that expectation uh, thing going where people told you it was great and so you were like yeah I got it on both sides of the, of the movie equation there because Green Lantern everyone told me was a steaming pile of shit and it was like a better than Fantastic Four superhero movie that I liked because I liked the character and I enjoyed what they you know seeing him on the screen it wasn't anything special but it certainly wasn't a steaming pile of shit did you did it. you really uh, hate uh, Fantastic Four? Uh, Final Fantasy Four is what I was about to say. Fantastic Four is the is my like benchmark for a bad superhero movie, probably because I've never seen Ghost Rider. Right, or I mean, like my my understand. I, I have not seen Daredevil, but my understanding of Daredevil is that it was fucking horrible. Daredevil was pretty bad, yeah. Um, I you know I did not I did not like uh, Fantastic Four. I don't think, but I, I did not regret watching it the way that I did with like Spider Man. Huh. Right, like I thought Spider Man was a worse movie than Fantastic Four. Like, Fantastic Four was definitely like sillier, but like, it's a superhero comic book movie, right? So, uh -huh. like, I, I think those are supposed to be. I liked the first Spider Man, and I thought the second one was kind of dumb, and the third one I only watched to. The end of, like, the first fight. I mean, I would not be averse to seeing uh, Green Lantern. There's enough other stuff out that if I... Like, uh, last night we went and saw uh, the X-Mans. Which I liked. That was good stuff, yeah. Yeah, you saw it too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked... I uh, My only problem with the X-Men series was that in the third one I couldn't tell any of the weird... Uh, mulattoes apart right the uh, which is always a problem every time every time there's like a bunch of people in a movie I can't tell any of them apart that was my problem with Underworld there's too many minorities in this movie anybody other than Kate Beckinsale I couldn't tell you who they were I think that was the big problem with Underworld anyway it's just not being able to tell what the fuck was going on Everyone should have been Kate Beckinsale. Like, if you're going to have to look at the same dude five times, it ought to at least be, like, a hot chick dude with big tits. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, Super, Superman, uh, Superman 8 didn't, uh, didn't do, do it for you as much. Well, it's just that, the, uh, the, all the stuff with the kids was pretty cool. The way that they talked to each other and the way they interacted, that was right on. That was really fun to watch. The you know, maybe everything with the alien until you saw the alien was fine. Yeah. The relationship between the dads and like the dad and the daughter and the dad and the son, bullshit. That was very much the like. I've seen a lot of movies where people are sincere, and here's my homage to their, to how people are sincere without actually being sincere itself. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't buy it at all. Huh. I don't know. I, I didn't have that problem with that with that aspect of it at all. Like, that seemed to me like, like a reasonable presentation of, like, small-town grudge kind of relationship. I'm sorry I killed your wife. It was an accident. Uh... Yeah? Huh. I don't know. That didn't uh, that didn't trigger my whatever meter. Um, 
the the main thing that bothered me about so like I didn't need like I really did not want to see the alien, but how do you how do you establish like how do you make it a, a sympathetic enough character that you're glad when it gets away without it, it ever interacting directly with any of the main characters right like you, you just have to you could start by not making it suddenly be hanging people upside down in a cave to eat yeah um why did it take the girl like i what i was hoping they were going for with it taking the cop and the guy at the gas station was this thing thinks of everything that it is in a uniform as evil right that like, would make a lot more sense yeah yeah, and, and I mean, it seems like, okay, well, it looks like they went part of the way down that road towards actually, like, narratively explaining what this thing is doing in a way that does not make you, does not make you, that, that, like, allows you to not hate it, right? But then it just steals the main character's girlfriend for no fucking reason. Yeah. Other than so that the main character would have to go rescue his girlfriend. And in a certain kind of movie, that doesn't bother me. Like, we were talking about in Thor how just putting those plot points in a movie in just the respected fashion is fine with me but in a movie yeah just to kind of by the numbers ah yeah. oh, this is the scene where you look at the sky and yell no yeah. but in a movie that's telling it that is being sold as this kind of sincere homage that's this original work that's not based on a comic book it was kind of weird to, to be jerked around like that that said, you know, it was high-budget, original IP, and it was a good enough movie. You know, like, yeah. it, it, that makes me happy. It makes me happy that it exists. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm certainly not sorry that I saw it. I would probably see it again when it wasn't, like, 2.30 or 1.30 in the morning, and sure. I'm lying in the back of a car. Yeah. Probably I didn't get as much out of it as I might have if I had seen it in a theater. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, you know, I, I am looking forward to seeing what J.J. Abrams does with the rest of his life, right? Like, you know, he seems like his heart is in the right place so far. And one of the things he's working on is the sequel to Star Trek, which will be cool. Oh, good, good. I don't remember how you felt about that. You liked it, except for except for the beautiful woman. Yeah, I really, uh, I really liked it. And then the more times that I saw it, I realized that the plot was kind of bullshit. And that I liked it mostly because of how the characters were interacting. And how, yeah. they, how they were written and how they were playing those characters. So I would love to see what happens when, you know, maybe you have a story that's less bullshit. And, yeah. Uh, it could be cool. Did you watch the Plunkett review of the new Star Trek movie? Have you watched any of that guy's reviews? I started to and stopped pretty quickly. Oh, because you hated it, right? You hated the shtick. I didn't... I, I don't know. I didn't watch it for a long time because it's an hour and a half long review. And then I started watching it and I was like, really? I have to listen to that fucking voice for an hour and a half? Uh, no. Yeah, you also didn't like... You also don't like Strong Bad. And that is your... No, that's not true at all. I, I remember you saying that you didn't like Strong Bad and that your objection was, uh, the thing that's funny about me is the funny voice. Sure, but then I watched all of the Strong Bad emails. 
you know, oh, okay. some 10 okay. years ago. <laughs> and okay, okay. Well, I, re- I do remember having that conversation. I don't know, man. I Like, I was wrapped by the Phantom Menace review the first time, and I have rewatched it probably once a year since then. Huh. I really, really like what that guy does. His review of the his review of the new Star Trek was like it was you know he was kind of going out of his way to like well I don't know if he was going out of his way to give like an unexpected opinion but it's like all of the a lot of the people watching his stuff were like well I can't wait till he tears into this and then he was like no this is a pretty good movie like <laughs> er, you know this is an action movie where a bunch of things explode and stuff and it's really good at that um I didn't care about Lost at all yeah. so I didn't have that sort of going for me as far as like giving J.J. Abrams a chance he could have one thing that would have brought me into Super 8 a little more is if he had just quit with the fucking lens flares huh Because I don't think that if you had asked me did Super 8 have any lens flares I would have said I don't know 90% of the time there's just a blue rectangle on the screen somewhere and not a little one, like a really big fuck-off blue rectangle in the middle of the night when the characters are running around at night. Fucking lens flares just everywhere. And if you're trying to make something that's supposed to be this kind of throwback to the 1970s, make you feel like you're watching E.T., you, you just can't. You can't with the lens flares, Mr. Abrams. When did they start putting lens flares in stuff? They didn't, right? I mean, what wasn't a lens flare like originally a thing that happened because you were using a camera with a lens? Well, sure, but back in Spielberg's day, that was something that you tried like hell to avoid having mm. in your shot, you know? They should have filmed the whole movie in a fisheye lens. Yeah. Like a rap video. And did a whole bunch of the uh, thing where it goes into slow motion and then goes really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like strobe with like some blood spraying, spraying through the air. Yeah. That would have made me feel a little bit more like it was in the 70s. I kind of want to watch, like, a Transformers movie where uh, the whole thing, every bit of every action scene is in slow motion. (laughs) So you can tell what the fuck is going on. I think, you know, robots are, like, you know, like Asians to me. Like, they, they, at some point, I just can't tell them apart. I think it is that once you make something that complicated, there is almost no way to give it any personality unless it slows the fuck down for a second. Yeah. Um, you know what I am excited about, like, totally in spite of myself, is the fucking Planet of the Apes prequel. Wow, really? Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, and I just, it looks good to me. Uh, okay. I, I, you know, I'm just like, that looks like a movie that I want to see. Like, ah, uh, so it's like... Flowers for Algernon meets a monkey. It's, it's flowers for Algernon meets uh, uh, every which way but loose. <laughs> what's that? What's that movie? Is that is yeah? That every right which movie? way but loose would do. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It like it just it looked okay. You know, like it it didn't it it doesn't look stupid like that boxing robot movie. Huh. I so, two, we I had this conversation last time, I think, yeah. where my girlfriend is is sort of astonished that I am very excited about Cowboys and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Because she watched those two previews, Cowboys and Aliens and Real Steel, and I think to her, they were equally stupid. Whereas to me, it is just 
totally obvious that Cowboys and Aliens could be a good movie, and totally obvious that Real Steel could not possibly be a good movie. I think it could maybe. There's an off, off, off chance. That's yeah, got you're right. fucking Jake Lloyd clone in it, though. You know, like, you can't... I, like, I don't think that it's possible for there to be a good movie where it is possible to have, a li- like, an eight-year-old boy deliver three or four lines in the trailer. Uh, right? Because yeah. even if all the... Even if that boy's entire presence in the movie was just the scenes from the trailer, too much dipshit little kid... Uh, the mummy two syndrome, yeah. The uh, yeah. yeah, the the uh, yeah, real steel though. You know, like Hugh Jackman is a guy who does stuff. That's cool. I don't know. I would have said, "Hey, giant robots fighting," but the first two Transformers movies have soundly proved me wrong about that. It just ruined robots from now on well made it not necessarily so that anything with giant robots fighting is gonna have something worth watching in it did you ever see the movie robot jocks no it sounds but i remember seeing the cover all the time and hastings yeah. video yeah the video rental place and that's it does where I saw it. exactly I, the same i saw a minute of it uh on television once and it seemed pretty dumb um yeah, i don't know uh, uh yeah so x-men was good did did you see the movie that was about an alien landing in like Viking era Europe? Mm-mm. I'd like to see that too. I I really like that idea of the alien invasion thing happening in a different different than modern day or near future. Right. That's kind of a cool thing to do. I don't know. The same as, I, I, I like just think the, the Cowboys and Aliens like definitely has some potential because it's got Harrison Ford in it, and he's you know even if even if the movie sucks, Harrison Ford will be good in it. Um, I like I like that James Bond guy. Yep. And it's got uh, it's got Clancy Brown. Can't go wrong with Clancy Brown. We I know we definitely already had this conversation. <coughs> Clancy Sorry. Brown was the voice of Parallax in the Green Lantern movie. Cool. Um... Do you know Vin Diesel was the voice of the Iron Giant? Oh, yep. So that movie, that movie did enough, uh, that movie makes up for how bad Transformers 1 was. Hmm. Like, the Iron Giant, between the Iron Giant and Transformers 1, robots are, like, neutral. Uh, Transformers 2 tipped the scales a little bit too far. I've only seen 10 minutes of Transformers 2. I've seen, that's 10 minutes more than I've seen. Uh, I think Short Circuit maybe makes it, pushes it slightly back towards zero. <laughs> uh, that iRobot with Will Smith goes that goes backwards a ways. I liked iRobot. AI? Uh, I don't know. Tread lightly, man. Tread lightly. Did you love or hate AI? I loved AI. Okay. I took to the internet to defend it from people who maintained that it should have ended while he was still underwater. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely, like, remember the parts after that more than I remember the parts before that. Uh, you know, except for the just, like, creepy imagery of, like, the robots in the junkyard. Like, the, you can't really go wrong with, with like, depressing robots mm-hmm. made out of burned-ass parts in a junkyard. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Haley Joel Osment is creepy enough that he doesn't count as a little kid in a movie right he's already a robot anyway so yeah yeah 
you know, I mean, that, that, so like, if you had said, "All right, uh, so here's this movie where uh, there's this little kid that can see the dead," I would have been like, "Ah, that's probably going to be terrible." But like, now Haley Joel Osment, he, he pulled it off. <laughs> um, that new uh, D- the Omen movie with uh, Liev Schreiber in it. Saw parts of that. That seemed okay. You can't go wrong with a Liev. Yeah, Liev Schreiber. That's another guy. Even in a shitty movie, Liev Schreiber's pretty good. Yeah, so that's movies. What else did you do this week? Uh, good old movies. Yeah, we had a thing, some stuff. The in-laws were in town, so we shunted the baby off to them, and the wife and I spent our fifth anniversary at the Water Park of America. Hmm. Which is is in, that in all of America? No, it's uh, like across the freeway from it. In a, it's in a hotel. So you like, oh, it's stay, indoors. Yeah, you stay at the hotel and then you go to the water park and yeah, pretty much to get any kind of use out of a water park here, it's got to be indoors. So why why is that? Because it's cold, like eight months out of the year. Mm, it's okay. colder than you would want to go to a water park. But it's cool, man. They got uh, water slides that start out inside and kind of loop outside and back around in and. Huh? Is that interesting when it's cold? A little bit. Like, you can feel the temperature change a little bit. They're all enclosed, but... Oh, so how do you know they're going outside? Well, they're translucent. Okay. So, you can... So the light changes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Give me a water park with all raft slides, and I'll give you a water park that I'll enjoy. We actually talked about how uh, we should bring you there if you end up back in... Minneapolis at any point. It's cool. They have a a standing wave. The thing where they just, like, push water up a foam-covered hill really fast so that you can get on a little boogie board and ride it like you'd ride a wave on the ocean. Mm. That was super cool. The wife was actually able to stand up on a little surfboard thing for a couple of... for at least four more seconds than I was able to. Yeah. And I, I got a solid, you know, four seconds. You're not the gainliest dude. I, I had to stand on the wrong foot. I think was mm. the problem. They set it up, and they're like, okay, put your weight on your back foot. And it was my right foot. I was like, oh, no. That's not how that's supposed to work. You don't want to start out goofy foot. I needed to select a goofy foot. I did. Did you, ride a, did you ever ride a skateboard? Yeah, I, uh, I had one for a while, and rode it a little bit and was terrified and roll it and rode it really slow yeah and eventually just stopped and never down any hills or anything yeah do wear a mouthpiece and a helmet no that was back in the day you know we didn't we didn't wear shit so you were just naked we just let it ride I can see why you'd be afraid of falling yeah you don't want to skin off your nutsack you don't want to get a road rash on the scrotum uh, we had a we had a barbecue over here. My my mom came to visit. Cool. Uh, I saw my mom drink uh, drink this shot that everybody was having, uh, where you cut the middle out of a strawberry and fill it with amaretto, and then put uh, whipped cream on the top, and then eat it. Huh. Uh, so that was weird. Uh, I started just eating strawberries with whipped cream on them because it's like. You know, I don't mind amaretto, but there was so little amaretto. You can fit so little amaretto inside a strawberry that right. I didn't see the point. And amaretto is not the strongest beverage either. 
No, it's really not. And after after everybody, yeah, after they got through like three big things of strawberries, there was like maybe an inch or an inch and a half gone from the amaretto bottle. So it was like, this is really just adding an extra step to this that, that doesn't accomplish anything. You would get way more full of strawberry than you would get drunk. Yeah. Uh, people hung out, swam in the pool. We uh, we barbecued, even though my there's something wrong with my grill. Uh, and in, I mean, you know, there's there clearly something wrong with my grill. It's obvious just to look at me. People getting but, all uh, up in it. The uh, it, when you turn on the when you turn on the gas and and light it now, instead of it uh, being evenly distributed through the like little weird uh, burner things, it's just like a flamethrower sort of spewing out of right where the gas line comes in. Yeah, that's so. Good. Yeah, I think I think maybe something is uh, something is not connected properly. So I have to take a look at that when it's less hot. That's the thing and, that's built like built into your deck, right? Yeah, it's built into like a big brick enclosure, so it is a big hassle to get at the bits of it. Mm. Um, you really kind of have to take it apart, uh, or or crawl in from the side where all the fucking spiders are. Mm. One of the ones that aren't in the database server. Yeah. It seems to me that uh, man, I think are... I might get to go in there tomorrow and uh, pull that beastly monstrosity out of the rack. Nifty. People seem yeah. to think that the the spiders are true and literal. Is that no? They're, they're not literal spiders. I didn't. I didn't actually go down there today. Um, I think I have to go down there tomorrow because the there's a different thing that I have to do. Um, I had never done going to the data center apparently. Um. Hey, but if we take, uh, if we manage to get the other, if we get, we pull this database server out, and then if we pull the other database server out, our hosting bill goes down by a thousand dollars a month. Uh, so that's that's a pretty significant incentive to do that, uh, because we're paying a thousand dollars a month now just for the power uh, circuit that powers those database servers, because they are fucking hulks. Hmm. The new ones, and part of the reason they're so much faster is because they're all solid state drives. Right. Um, so much lower power consumption and much, much faster access. And uh, I guess they've fixed that problem that makes them stop working after a while. Uh, which for a while, that was always the problem with solid state hard drives is that a, a given a given bit you could only write to like so many thousand times before it just got stuck. Is that no longer true? It's <laughs> apparently no longer true. Huh. Uh, apparently they've worked out whatever that is. So... Yeah, I don't know. Is it, yeah, the, the very idea of reading and writing something with no moving parts is so foreign to me that I will believe what anybody tells me about it. Yeah, I mean, having grown up in the days of five and a quarter inch floppies, it's like, it, I could imagine that process getting quieter over the years, but okay. never going away entirely. Like, wait, so which part of it is spinning? Yeah. Um, it still has it, the, the, those computers still have some spindle uh, hard drives in them that like the operating system is running on uh, because the, they're they are the solid state drives are really expensive like I ended up buying like the small like I have my newest laptop has a solid state hard drive because that that's huge for battery life yeah um, but it's but it's like a 30 gig hard drive so the, <laughs> the, like it is just like a terminal. And who would have thought that a computer that had a 30 gig hard drive in it, you would think, man, that that effectively doesn't have a hard drive in it because it only has a 30 gig hard drive. Yeah, I guess I'm not going to be using that for anything serious. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. 
You know, I, I was telling I was telling CD Moyer like in a way this was maybe good, right? Because instead of us really cautiously doing this process that I was terrified of that probably would have worked out just fine doing it this way, it kind of forced our hand to just take the plunge and like it's probably going to be fine, right? There's still like because we've upgraded to a new version of of my sequel with this, it's like it's potentially weird. Like the, one of the first things that somebody said when we brought it back up on dev was like, "Hey, cool, my uh, my MMG grand total is ninety one quintillion." I don't think that's right, and uh, I'm like, "Well, fuck." It's some weird, you know, like ah, oh, there's something different about the way this version of my sequel does math with unsigned integers in tables, and I was like, "Oh, what could go wrong?" I don't know. Black Sunday, uh, dealing with that shit. And we thought we had configured it to not do this stuff, but it just there was some really weird thing that apparently only comes up if you write a query in a really weird way that Xenophobe wrote it. Huh. In this case, it was only cosmetic, and I diagnosed it, and I fixed it, and I hope that there's nothing else in the game that does queries where it multiplies some. So, so like, basically, here's what happened with the unsigned integer thing. Uh, Black Sunday happened because I was like, all right, well, people are getting close to the amount of meat that you can have uh, without that field maxing out in the player table. So I'm going to make that the biggest possible field just so we don't have to worry about it anymore in the future. And so I did that. And then what I didn't realize was that in MySQL four, at least the version that we were running at the time, if you if you have an integer type that is unsigned, if you say, all right, so this this field is for integers, and they're never going to be negative, what that does is that it allows you to add an extra bit onto the storage of the integer, and basically doubles the range that you can express in that because it doesn't have to use a bit storing whether it's a positive or a negative value. Um, but if you subtract, if you make that number go below zero, it resets to the maximum possible value, which cool. is fucking retarded. And yeah. I don't understand why anybody would ever want that. It's just how the it's just it is just how the binary math works, right? It's not like, oh, this makes sense and we should program this behavior into the database. It's just what happens when you perform that operation on a thing that doesn't keep track of what whether it's positive or negative. So we turned that, like in MySQL 5, they made it so you could turn that off. So we turned it off, and it doesn't happen anymore. Like if you have an unsigned integer and you say set it equal to negative one, it just sets it to zero, I think. Um, if you select that field from it, it says, like let's say you have a five in that field. If you select that value, it returns five. If you select negative that value, it returns five. If you select that value times negative one, it returns 18 billion. It returns the maximum integer value, which what the fuck? Yeah. Like how is negative X being calculated differently than X times negative one? Like, I, I do not understand that at all. I, I, I mean, I, I, I now know how it works, but I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to cause any problems. I, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's anything that that behavior is going to do because I don't think that there's anywhere else that we've ever done that for any reason. Um, that is not a thing that it would ever occur to me to write in a query. So yeah. Um, 
Anyway, fingers crossed. I've got my fingers crossed. You, you don't think that's funny because you've never seen Freddy Got Fingered, buddy. Yep, I, there's a lot of amazing culture that I miss out on because I haven't seen that movie. Mm-hmm. All those references that... See, the only person who ever drops references to that movie is you, though, so... Right. Well, that's as because you don't hang I out know. with enough cool people. Yeah, I mean, there, the internet could just be awash in Freddy Got Fingered references, and I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yep. That's, that's fine. Uh, I was just... As I was bouncing around through the tables to make sure that all the data was still there, one of the things I looked at was some of the uh, miscellaneous writing for Space Trip. And there was totally a Freddy Got Fingered reference in the writing for Space Trip that I did. And I didn't know that. I know. You just thought it was weird that I would describe the amount of jewels that you found as a whole bag's worth. Yeah. Because a bag of jewels. That's the funny thing there. A bag of jewels. I got you this bag of jewels. See? You can't, you, you can't write stuff like that. I can't. Only Tom Green can write stuff I'm, like that. I'm grateful for that. Poems are made by fools like me, but only Tom Green can seem like he's retarded, and yet somehow he's not, and you're supposed to laugh with him, not at him. Mm-hmm. You can laugh at him if you want. He doesn't mind. I'm not going to judge you. He's not going to judge you? What? Is that, I don't think... is that a new thing that people are doing to their vaginas? Yeah, it's a new thing they do with their vaginas. Huh. I mean, really, it was done to us all the time. Uh, you know, in, in, in much of our younger life, girls would look at us and vajudge us unacceptable. <laughs> like, yep, my vagina's not going to have anything to do with that clown. <laughs> Did I actually say vajudge? It sounded like said... vajudge. I was going to go for it. Vajudge, vajudy. Ah, <clears throat> uh, well, we could look at these here forum questions. Let's do that. I made that thread a day ahead of time so that people could ask us stuff that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. Um, You know, it made me feel so good the way that people responded in the forums to the downtime today. Like, the, the like, sort of outpouring of sympathy and support was genuine. You know, I'm an asshole who will avoid being sincere a lot of the time but like it was genuinely heartwarming like seeing what people were saying and and you know I, I was like I should have hot stuff make a animated gif of some spiders in a database server because everybody would think that that was funny and then everybody was like oh my god I love it and I was like oh my god I love you it was fun they said that your heart grew three sizes that day uh, hot stuff couldn't do anything, even on the even on the fucking new game, because like luckily all of the stuff that like you, nobody nobody could even uh, mess with the alpha or beta builds of the new game because they all relied on authenticating accounts off of DB two, uh. and and also like getting uh, metadata. All of, all of the stuff that you guys have been working on in the database, all the writing stuff gets pulled out in real time, apparently now. As you uh, as you as you run the game, so yeah, crazy shit, crazy. Um, but anyway, that's all that's all working again. Had to had to go dig through a lot of code and uh, replace a lot of IP addresses with different IP addresses. Let's see how people feel about forum questions. They feel like Whiskey Jack wants to know if either of us caught the premiere of Falling Skies, and if so, what were our thoughts on it so far? 
I saw like five minutes of the middle of it and then stopped watching it so I could watch it at the beginning later. Is that a television show? Yes. So I'm guessing you did not. Yeah. Do you actually have cable? No, oh, we, you only, do. we only no, saw you it because TV. we were in the hotel. Oh. When it was on. Yeah, so in the past when we did anniversary stuff, we would go to a place that didn't have a TV so we wouldn't be tempted to just sit around and watch TV because we did that all the time. Now the idea of just sitting and watching like two hours of television was just luxurious. So, you know, we went ahead and did that. And two hours of just whatever's on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I only, like, I very rarely will turn on the television if I'm in a hotel. Um, But if I do, it's like, oh, right, this is this whole thing that I used to do a lot of. Like commercials. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And I can't, you know, no matter how, no matter how blipverty, no matter how super fast and uh, information dense it is, if I'm sitting there watching television, I'm also going to play Game Boy or start fucking with my phone or something. Like, uh-huh. I just, I can't deal with a lack of constant stimulus anymore. That's what's wrong with society today. Yeah, you should kind of, you should take a couple of days and instead of doing that, like, read a, read book. a book in yeah. in silence you know yep and just make yourself finish a page at a time the last time i did that was when uh we got sort of fogged in at that place in switzerland with no internet or television or phone service or anything and i read two books in one day hmm. um it was nice uh <clears throat> i didn't see it and i don't know what it is what what is falling skies it's a Steven Spielberg produced Alien Invasion TV show where the aliens just come in and kick the shit out of everybody at the beginning and then it's kind of the like we're the insurgents trying to make it enough of a pain in the ass for them to be there that they leave Hmm. so it's like the aliens are the US soldiers and we're the Al Qaeda or the Taliban yeah so I don't know could be good could be bad could be ugly. I'm interested. Game-related question also, says Whiskey Jack. If you could put these three events in order of release, how's it looking? PvP revamp, next challenge path, next clan dungeon. Well, next challenge path is on a fixed schedule, so that happens August 15th, come hell or high water. Yeah. And uh, unless we decide to make it significantly more complicated, like, it's b- basically there. Um... <laughs> um PvP revamp, I am saying, is going to release. We've got a my my plan for that is a sort of a staged uh, release of it, and I bet that happens before the next clan dungeon. I don't know if it will happen before August fifteenth. That's like what CD Moyer's been working on. It's what Dev has been talking about. It's what people you know we're excited about it. We're messing with it. We're talking about it. Making decisions, doing doing stuff. Um. You know, it's it's in extremely active development, and it's it's fun, and we're all excited about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, you know, there's some there's some arguments. There's some people pissing on some people's candles. There's some people getting getting irritated. There were so, some you know, hackles. Development. I saw some raised hackles, but that yep. means progress. Yep. Uh, let's see. Dry had says so. Can we have equipment sorted by power by default? Because because that was put in before the inventory revamp. Would it be possible now to allow other default sorts such as consumables by quality? 
Well, if you... Huh. Doesn't it save the way that you sort stuff if you turn on the sort options? I do not know. We, what I intended to do was to get rid of the legacy options once that one thing became a thing that you could do all of those things with. But, I don't know. Elfrian says, if you were to do either of the above, could it please be only by way of an option choice under the options menu? I'm perfectly happy with the way things are for me now, but I understand others want differences. It's just that their differences aren't usually anything I want or need. And sometimes those differences are just an annoyance to me that I never say anything about because, hey, I'm just one very unimportant person. Also, Scully, when are you coming to a picnic in the park? What's a picnic in the park? I don't know. I know that uh, Elfrian and Aubrienne live, I think, maybe just four hours south of me. And at some point, I should probably go down there to Iowa. Did Aubrienne move, or did Minnesota move four hours north of Seattle? Aubrienne moved to Iowa before we moved to Minnesota, I think. Oh, cool. You were or just following her. Shortly thereafter. One of us was following the other and uh, wasn't very good at navigating, so we ended up a ways away. Ah, oh, boy. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to change the default way that the inventory works at this point, I don't think. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where if I looked at the shape that the set of available options has wound up in, I would think, ah, oh, God, this is not the way that I would do this if I were doing it now. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think that there's anything about it that is constantly engendering complaints or confusion now, so they're probably all right. Yeah. Isaria Suka says, what thing that you're working on for KOL makes you the most excited? Um... I don't know. I'm pretty excited about this PvP stuff uh, now. I am really like chomping at the bit for it to be working so that I can start so that I can start messing with stuff. Where, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've gotten uh, I, I got I got kind of angsty about the new game for a while, but then I don't know. Uh, odd stuff talked me into looking forward to it again and being enthusiastic about it. And uh, and I I played all the way through it for the first time in a long time, and it's like really shaping up. I would guess that that's the biggest enemy that we're going to have to fight in the course of developing this game, is that you are probably at the point where you've lost all enthusiasm and can't imagine that anybody would want to play this or even look at it. No, I think that it is good. Uh, what I worry about is the, our ability to actually get it done. Hmm. You know, because it's, it's just, it is so far over time. Right. You know, and 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 uh, yeah, I mean, if there was a there wasn't a budget, right? Because we would have fucking a surpassed it by now, right? Um, and canceled the project. So it's probably a good thing that there wasn't a budget. But like, there was certainly an estimate of how long it was going to take, and we're certainly at like five or six times that estimate now. Um, <clears throat> but no, I'm I you know I believe it is good, and I'm I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to the the PvP version of it and the MMO version of it especially. Like, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and developing the structures for it in my head. And, and uh, I, uh, when, uh, the, when the programmer was out here, I had him do some stuff that is going to be a tool that we'll use for that. And it's like just seeing the sort of expressive potential of that makes me very excited yep. about that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it, like, like I, there was such a push at the beginning of this month to get stuff done. And I was like, all right, few days, I'm going to step back. And then all, almost all of the time since then has been spent dealing with server stuff. Um, 
<clears throat> I feel it, it takes a, an alarmingly small amount of time before I start to feel really out of touch yeah. with KOL, you know? Um, you know, and it's like I go to the forums and I'm like, okay, people are still talking, you know, people are still playing this game. But there's like the kinds of forum threads that I normally read, which is just like how people feel about a new thing that we've done. Like, oh, there isn't any of that. Like, wah, wah. there must be something wrong. Okay. I'm not working hard enough. Um, anyway, Astari also says, has the reception of Bees Hate You by the player base surprised you in any ways? Yeah, absolutely. I am, I did not expect it to be nearly as well received as it was. Um, the fact that people are still excited about it and enthusiastic about it and still and still doing it like the the people people that I did not think challenge runs would be interesting to at all are playing it and are very excited by it. And I mean it, it in a way it kind of makes me feel like the thing that I have heard is that this this restriction cuts down on the possibility space enough that it makes the game go from something that people feel is too complicated to understand to something that people feel is like fun and manageable and comprehensible and it's weird because i think that is entirely a perceptual thing uh but right? i can because, see that you kind of sure limit sure, sure yeah yeah absolutely I, I i do not deny that it is a real thing it is not a thing that i anticipated because while it removes a couple of things that are important to, you know, important to people who really want to go crazy, it, the restrictions are not that broad, I don't think, right? It's, it, it, it's not like your options have been whittled down to a tenth of what they were. It's like your options have whittled, have been whittled down by a tenth, maybe. Huh. And... I don't think that's enough to make a big difference because even when you only had half the options that you have now, people were still saying, ah, oh, this game is too complicated. I, I, like, I think just moving in the direction of simplicity makes people feel like it's something that they can get their head around, even though it, like, the problem was more them feeling like they, could, they needed to get their head around it and couldn't uh, when that wasn't actually true, right? Like, maybe it's the fact that this is a perceptual difference sort of just illustrates that the this game is too complicated to play is just a perceptual problem uh-huh. right um yeah i don't i don't know one way or another uh it has worked and it's it's also it is a little hard to separate um and, and i don't know i don't know how to feel about this it's a little hard to separate enthusiasm about the the valhalla revamp in general from enthusiasm about the the particular challenge path right because it was pretty dramatic change and the challenge path was like an especially shiny bit of it um i don't know what those uh i don't know what those leaderboards look like i'm actually going to look at that right now i'm curious as to sort of how much competition and stuff there is for those that was not the right place to go to at all um but this museum is pretty sweet Bees hate you leaderboards. A lot of people, a lot of people doing it. Everybody's, whoa, all the softcore ones are like two and three days, a bunch of four-day hardcore ones. It's pretty cool. A lot of names on there. I'll be interested to see how the people who play KOL here enjoy the Valhalla revamp. 
A lot of them are in Bees Hate You runs, and some of them are in hardcore runs, so they haven't seen it yet. They're mm. interested to see, and over time, over Ascensions, how that changes strategies. Mm. If they're That's in Bees Hate You, they've seen it at least once, right? Yes. Because they have to have. Yeah. Um, but yes, it has surprised me uh, pleasantly. Um, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, it, so, uh, like... It, <laughs> It puts a little bit of pressure on because you know if the next one's not as good, then uh, and then people are going to say this isn't as good as Bees Hate You. But it also takes some of the pressure off because Bees Hate You wasn't that much work, right? So uh, it was a good uh, a good labor to joy ratio for that. Oh no! Another putz says, "When can we expect to see Kingdom of Loathing as a TV miniseries on Sci-Fi?" Hey, does anybody care about that whole Sci-Fi thing anymore? Is anybody still like, oh, fuck those guys with their SYFY? I, w- I had never intended on watching any more or less of the sci-fi channel, but it still looks retarded. Yeah. I mean, I guess after a while, you know, when... I mean, so does the fact that your Nintendo console is called the Wii, <laughs> right? Yeah. When they were... When they said we have this new MP3 player, we're calling it the iPod, everyone went, that sounds stupid. This thing's called Hulu. This is going to be the iPad. So, yeah. After a while, you just get used to it. And then you see that the the new Nintendo console is going to be the Wii U. Mm -hmm. And that's not even easy to say. Wii U. Wii U. Azulian says, Hello, guys. Happy early Independence Day. Welcome to Earth. Uh, what are your thoughts on a pen and paper KOL RPG? If someone were to pursue it, would you give them your blessing? If someone were to create such a game, surely you'd be interested in knowing about it, right? I think I might try to do it. Anyways, can we expect the July item of the month on time, or will it be super late? Uh, no, it's going to be on time. It's pretty straightforward, and I uh, that was what I was going to do today. But uh, that's not what I ended up doing today. Um, Is it one of those where you pretty much have it done in your head, yeah. and you yep. don't need us, yep. you don't need anyone? Yeah, I don't need... Uh, I'll be here in the back. I'm good here by myself. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be out there tomorrow uh, for testing. And uh, barring barring any uh, serious objections to it, I I think that it's you know. Well, I'm planning I, my uh, time honored objection in the form of proposing something way more complicated that is going to be totally better, but it's going to require a lot of work from everybody but me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can you can wait till August for that. Right. Because uh, nothing like. Uh, Nothing like crunch time at the end uh, during Comic-Con. <laughs> Although I think that this year it works out so that there is like an entire week after Comic-Con to just sort of chill in San Diego. I believe so. Which will be nice. It makes um, me wish that I was going to be doing that. Yeah. Instead of going home. The uh, the months where like Comic-Con ends and the next day we have to get out of the place that we've been staying are those are those are the ones that I don't care for so much. That's <laughs> luckily I mean that only happens on average once out of every 7 years. Hopefully this will be the last Comic-Con where all we have is the KOL booth and then after that it becomes the KOL and Word Realms booth. This should be the last Comic-Con where we don't have a comic book. That's true. Well, I think I can say that now. That seems to be I met with the artist on Sunday. Yeah, is he cool? Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Seemed like a solid fellow. And, you know, given that he's already done a whole bunch of very good work, I'm not worried about the quality of his work. 
and he was cool with uh, everything we planned to do with it. Neat. So I think pretty quick here, we're going to have something to, to show people. Alrighty. Hey, uh, you know what I'd like to show people is me after having one more beer to drink. How about we, uh, how about we take one of those little breakuluses? All right. Is 11 minutes long enough or would you like more than that? I think 11 minutes is okay. Okay. We'll be back in a ridiculous and unfunny number of minutes, kids. And we're back. Cool. How was your break? I opened my beer. I got, uh, checked on my kid. Yep. It was great. What kind of beer are you drinking? A, uh, what's it called? A Rush River Chocolate Oatmeal Stout. Mm. I, uh, I like it when there's a barbecue and a whole bunch of beer gets left over here because I can drink some different stuff. What have you got now? I'm having a, uh, I forget what the, a Franz's Gunner Hefeweizen with a little bit of a, with a slice of orange from my very own tree. Hmm. It's an authentic, uh, it's an authentic uh, Hefeweizen experience. Uh, oh, hey, so uh, Azulian had asked about a pen and paper KOL RPG. This comes up every once in a while, and it's one of those things where I don't know how to feel about it, because a pen and paper KOL RPG would be almost entirely driven by the writing and the content, right? Like, it wouldn't make any sense to have, like, really elaborate mechanical systems for a game that was based on something silly. Um... And I don't know how I feel about a KOL product where the writing is not done by us. Well, I mean, I do know how I feel about it. It makes me very nervous, and I would not expect it to be any good, but that's kind of an asshole way to feel about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you just took a bunch of writing from the game and used that as the, as the writing content, then it's like, oh, we've basically already done that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it's... <sighs> It has always struck me as very strange. Whenever I read a pen and paper role-playing book... And you do that a lot. I, think, I do. And I think, like, especially if I get one and it's bad, I, I think, like, I cannot believe that somebody spent as much time as it took to make this book, making this book. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, they, they, it was clearly just a labor of love, right? Like, they were doing it because they wanted something other. Because I feel like that is just not a market. You know, it, it, like, writing a book and trying to make money off of it, it just seems like a, a fool's errand in almost every case anyway. Uh -huh. You know, you're just, you're just kind of hoping to get that lightning. Uh, and a, a, a pen and paper source book is, just seems doubly so. Because even if everyone who would possibly buy this bought it, it's not that many people but you know i buy them and i mean maybe maybe i i, I you know it, it does not behoove me in in the position that i'm in to underestimate the power of a niche audience right because <laughs> right. i mean that's that that niche audience puts food in our breakfast nooks um it puts breakfast in our nooks and our crannies um yeah man i don't i don't i don't know I don't know about that. Fave says, thoughts on Valve making Team Fortress 2 free-to-play? I don't, you know, I uh, I think I own Team Fortress 2 because I think it came in the orange box, and I still never played it because I'm scared of online. <laughs> I, You know, because I think of Team Fortress 2 as a thing that's probably really awesome and really fun, and I don't want to taint that experience by playing it and having an oh nope this is a game that you play online with other people so it's just a bunch of people calling me a fag and telling me that i'm incompetent we should figure out a way for us to play it together yeah yeah 
Because I have it on the orange box, too. Mm. This beer is kind of like an orange box in that it's a thing that contains some orange. <laughs> is that all it takes? Psyche says, if men can like sweet drinks like soda and men can like alcohol, then why aren't men supposed to like sweet alcoholic drinks? Seriously, I'm wondering, not just trying to bait you into saying something sexist. I'm going to assume that by this point in the show, you already have <laughs> hearts and ponies XOXO, Psyche. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I was thinking about that, and I don't have a very good explanation for it. There are, are there some sweet alcoholic beverages that it's okay for a man to drink? A Manhattan is reasonably sweet. It's okay for a bro to drink a Jaeger bomb, right? And they're the manliest of men. Yeah, I think, though, that a Red Bull tastes assy enough that you... So, like, black licorice is a thing that you have to overcome, right? I think drinking Jaeger is not, like, I a lot of people... I liked black licorice from, day, from step one, though. It, but a lot of people really dislike Jaeger because of the black licorice taste, right? So, sure. so it's, it like, that is a thing that is kind of... It has the at least manly component of either being lucky enough to like black licorice or getting past it and developing a taste for it, hmm. right? Um, Red Bull... I can't even imagine developing a taste for something that nasty. But, you know, I I wonder if a Red Bull tastes as objectionable to me now as the first beer I ever drank tasted to me then. And you know, I doubt uh, it. Adam made me... <clears throat> Adam made me do a Jaegerbaum at the MC Frontalot show that we went to. Yeah. I, think, I think his nerd side was so stimulated by the concert that he had to call forth his bro side to balance it out. Mm -hmm. And the the black licorice and the Red Bull flavors kind of balance each other out and leave you with something that tastes a whole lot like a sweet tart. Huh. Well, okay. I'm, I don't think I'm going to try it still. If I'm in a situation where somebody is forcing me to do it and it's somebody that I like and they're forcing me to do it, then maybe. But, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I, I think you're, you're lame for doing it, but I'm saying I'm still not convinced. I, you know, it's weird. I don't normally go for the whole bomb thing. Like, I would much rather just drink some sake than do a sake bomber. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and and uh, though the, the, the Irish car bomb, fucking delicious. Yeah, And, and inoffensive. Stuff. It's uh, politically neutral. I don't know. I really don't know why it seems like that. I mean, booze is one of those things where I feel like you, to me, like learning to drink beer is kind of a rite of passage and learning to drink coffee is kind of a rite of passage. And I, you know, I will make fun of people and call people pussies if they don't drink coffee or if they are a guy and drink coffee with cream and sugar in it, you know, and you know, a lot of guys I know, like a, a lot of my best friends just won't do it, but like that just means that I'm going to call them gay all the time. Um. See, I learned to drink beer and came to appreciate the taste of beer because it had a payoff that you couldn't get from... Well, it had a better payoff than learning to drink coffee, let's say. You know, learning to drink coffee meant that I could drink more caffeine than I wanted to in a single setting. Yeah. And something that tasted like ass. The payoff of coffee to me was the sort of like, uh, I don't know. My dad kind of made me learn to drink coffee when we were 
were doing one of the like sort of straight through drives to Illinois where right? we was driving for 24 hours and it was like yeah this is as good a time as any for you to start drinking coffee you should get a coffee like okay but I just drowned it in cream and sugar and it was you know it's like so much work to make it into something that still tasted kind of bad that I was like you know what fuck this if I'm gonna do this I'm just gonna do it so I just started drinking it black and the the payoff of that was kind of like fitting in with that weird Denny's scene you know <laughs> I guess it's like, and, and uh, you know, maybe maybe you didn't have that explicit, specific thing that was like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I might as well drink this black because that's like, you know, it's it's not required, but it's a little bit of a badge to, to have that, you know? And, hmm. you know, it was like smoking camels instead of Marlboros, right? Like, it was like, well, okay, this is harder. And I can understand why somebody who started smoking would stick with Marlboro Lights because they're really they're really inoffensive. But fuck that. If I'm doing this, I'm doing it, you know? Man, I smoked camels. I smoked camel lights when I was smoking. Started with Turkish silvers. And then those went away, so I switched to lights. Alright, you started after me, so Turkish silvers existed when yeah. you started. Now camel lights don't even exist anymore because they made it illegal to call them light. Yeah, I don't even know from cigarettes now. There's like Marlboro Skylines, which huh. get you abducted by aliens, I guess. Mm -hmm. They Some... make you. They do a viral marketing campaign that makes everybody think you're crazy because you describe the homunculuses floating <laughs> through the air. Did anybody else see the floating homunculi in the air? Like, yeah, yes. <laughs> we did. We're, we'll be backing away slowly now. Oh, that was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's... it's. I think that it, it is... I, I don't know. You know, the, the, the comic potential of a dude with, like, a crazy beverage with curly straws and umbrellas and fruit sticking out of it, you know? I think there's a there's a level of, of ornamentation in like they're almost always brightly colored which is you know maybe that's why a Manhattan is acceptable because even though a Manhattan is pretty sweet a Manhattan also just looks like a glass of whiskey how do you feel about a whiskey sour um I don't know whiskey and ginger yeah like I a whiskey know. and ginger ale eh, that's a thing eh. I don't really like ginger ale well, I, I don't, don't mean. Like, uh, I'm not asking if you I mean, like it. I'm asking if, if you said, "Hey, what you drinking?" and Clint Eastwood said, oh, "Whiskey and ginger," would you be surprised? So I, so like, I think of like a seven and seven as being kind of a girly drink, but I don't think of like a Jack and Coke as being a girly drink. That's but it weird. is. It's every bit as much of a girly drink as like a, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, gin and tonics are pretty sweet, and I don't think of that as a girly drink. I think they're sweet, but they're still objectionable enough that they're not like something a little kid would drink. Mm. And I think maybe that's the I think maybe that's the difference. Like a, a girly drink is something that like you know, I don't know. There are guys that'll make fun of grown men for drinking soda. I'm not one of those guys because I like a soda every once and again. Yes, are you supposed to just always drink beer? Beer and water. Beer or water? Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know the explanation. Uh, progress on new clan dungeons, says Wack, or if one exists or is in the works, possibly. Yeah, there's 
there's one that has some ideological progress made. There's one that has some writing and some art and some work and stuff done. That's uh, been that's been languishing in in that like sort of enthusiasm no man's land for for a while. Yeah. We can just call it development hell. Yeah, it's in the same place that the uh, Neil Gaiman Sandman movie is. Oh yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, for a long time, the movie rights have been bouncing around. Gaiman would talk about how the last script that he saw, Morpheus and Lucifer are brothers, and Morpheus breaks out of his prison and, like, faces a whole bunch of police officers in riot gear and says, Do you think your puny mortal weapons can stand against me, the Sandman, the Lord of all nights dreaming? So he said he wasn't particularly sorry that that script hadn't been made it must be weird to like license an IP and then be forced to watch somebody just cover it with abortions right I don't know man it it makes me glad that we're small time you know sure not having to worry about that not having to really do anything that involves lawyers yeah is nice uh, Shop Troll says, to extend on that Team Fortress 2 question, do you feel the increasing number of big-name free-to-play games on the market validated your business strategy? Does this place significantly more pressure on you as a company to retain players and create better content and gameplay? Are there certain trends in other free-to-play shops that you disagree with? Conversely, are there any trends you wish you were using in KOL? Finally, any chance we'll see KOL on Steam or the ability to use Steam Wallet as a donation source? Uh, I don't think Steam does web games, and I don't know anything about Steam Wallet. Um... I don't remember ever like I remember hearing the name, but it if you if you pressed me and I had to guess, I would guess that it was a thing that doesn't seem to have taken off. Yeah. Um I mean I know that like I still use PayPal to buy games on Steam. Huh. So if there's a like if other people do that by funding Steam and then using credit to buy games like the way think- that every other game thing works. I also think that Steam Wallet sounds like vagina slang. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It sounds like an awesome, super hot vagina, though. Check out that bitch's Steam Wallet. Uh, Okay, so does the increasing number of big-name free-to-play games uh, validate your business strategy? Um, I guess, yes, not that, you know, I mean, I think the the thing that has most validated the business strategy is all the money, right? So... I didn't need, like, industry approval. Like, the fact that we've been running the company using this model successfully for almost eight years and, and you know, we all can afford houses and and uh, bread and circuses is, like, validation enough. Um, I think it's... I, I don't know. You know, it's weird. Like, I think if you went to a GDC now you wouldn't hear people saying you can't do this and then listing all the things that we did you know because now enough other people have done it that it's like oh well okay i guess you can as it turns out um and it's and i guess it's a it's a little vindicating to see to see it coming out as a way of doing things although the everything now going from like the subscription model and converting to free to play that's just sort of you know it was weird like the conversation that we had with Raph Coster in, 
I don't remember what Comic Con that was. It was it was one of the first ones that we went to because we were still over in the in the sort of Golden Age comics ghetto. But him him talking about how they knew even in the EverQuest one days that if they let people spend more money they would. Mm. But they I think that it probably would have seemed like it's something they would never have gotten past the big guys is say, well, hey, what if we what if we just make the game free and then let people buy, you know, buy like the uh, stuff in there so then not have a limit on the amount of money they can spend in a month instead of just like, well, we get the box sale. So, you know, they rely on box sales to make back the development costs, right? Yeah. Except that that doesn't work anymore because the development costs really far outstrip the number of like I think they need to retain enough people for years and get you know get some of that that sweet extra cash from whatever else they're doing that the the box sales are not necessarily that big of a deal anymore I don't know that right I don't know for like for like Star Wars the Old Republic like do they have to do do they need a fixed number of subscribers to stick around for six months in addition to having paid 50 bucks for the game client to go on. I mean, because you can pick up, you can, the barrier to entry to playing World of Warcraft is pretty low right now. You, the, the client is downloadable, and this is true of, like, every game that's managed to manage to pull it off. You just go and you put a credit card in and you, you, you know, download the client and then you're playing the game. Uh, and the client is often, like, 20 bucks now instead of 50 bucks. But the free-to-play thing, it's neat for, like, you know, Lord of the Rings Online and Dungeons and Dragons Online, I know, like started making way, way more money when they went free to play with a cash shop. Um, so that's cool. I don't know if that means that everybody can do that, right? Because they had an established player base, they had a good product because they designed it as a, as a commercial thing that they assumed that people were gonna, you know, they wanted it to be good enough that people would pay a monthly fee for it. I, I think what we might see now is a lot of people making things that aren't as good thinking well it's free you know and and sinking a lot of development costs into it and just getting it out there as a the game as a platform for the cash shop rather than trying to make a good game which i believe that trying to make a good game is what they were going for with city of heroes and and lord of the rings online and and dungeons and dragons online right um it's hard to look at runescape and think that what they were trying to do was make a good game <laughs> but yeah i, I also like... haven't looked at it lately they may have uh, they may have finally turned that into something that I'm not bewildered by. I feel like there's there is a little bit of that or a whole lot of that kind of thing that you're talking about where it's a free to play game in that it gives you barely enough game to see what's happening and then you're allowed to spend as much money as you want customizing your game experience. And right. to me that's that's you know they make shit tons of money on that but that's contrary to the spirit of it i feel like yeah it it's... would be great if we felt that way you know if we were just like we're gonna give you halfway through ascension and then you can buy the additional council quests if you want to keep playing you know maybe we would make a shit ton more money but it, we would be totally lame I don't know if we would actually. Yeah. I mean, well, no, like, we, just saying, one of our central tenets was sure, yeah. We want as but, much of the game to be free as possible. And still I, make I a go back bit of money. and forth on, uh, you know, I've always said like it, it when when people ask, like when people ask what I do, 
I tell them, they ask, you know, so what do you like pay? You pay a monthly fee to play it and I describe it and then I have to describe the revenue model and I, and, and, and they say, wow, it's amazing that like there are enough people that are just like nice enough to give you money to keep it going. And then I say, well, if I want to look at it realistically, I think for every person that just like gives us 10 bucks because they believe in what we're doing, there's somebody else that gives us 10 bucks because they get this thing, right? And, and I, I, I think I can back that up with data because of the sort of tenfold increase in revenue when Mr. Store came out. Right. And it, 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 it strikes me, though, that people – somebody showing up and looking at this game now I think has to believe in it to some extent in order to feel like it's worth giving us some money. Right. And so it is, I think, critical to people getting down that road that we make it clear to them that they can trust us. Right that this isn't some just horseshit way for us to make money, but that we genuinely care about providing an experience to people. And Hey, here are these, here are these like relatively subtle ways to influence and improve that experience. If you want to give us some money, but by the way, you totally don't have to. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Mr. Store is kind of buried. I felt a little weird about having like, even though there was always a donate link at the top, I'm like, oh man, I have an icon up here and I'm going to animate it, even though I think that's probably lame. But like, nobody ever said anything. Like a thing that I was like, man, should I do this? Should I do this? This seems, seems sleazy. Should I, should I make the donate link sparkle and draw your attention to it for a second when you start playing? I don't know. That seems pretty sleazy. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not sleazy. That's like, that's like, you know, I mean, breathing isn't sleazy. Somebody else might need that air. Right. There's oh, well, a, there's a level, like, if we had some kind of Ajax window, or a little floating div, or elf, or gnome, or whatever, that popped up a box that said, hey, now that you've set up an account, you might want to donate so you can have something cool to wear your first day, and have a donate link, and the box you have to close, that's where we, we go over our line. Yeah, it, a game, a, a free-to-play game who just shoves it's cash shop up your ass from the first moment that you start playing it is a free-to-play game that like i i quickly lose interest in unless it is really really good that actually happened to me with infinity blade i was so into playing that and collecting everything until i got to a fight that i just couldn't beat and i actually paid a couple of bucks to get some game currency to buy better gear and after that i just quit playing it, it just completely lost interest now that I had opened the door to I don't have to play this, I could just give them money instead and like, or I could just do neither of those things yeah, I felt the same way about Spiral Knights like I played Spiral Knights and I was like, wow, this is really cool I'm going to give these guys some money and then I gave them some money and I saw what you got for the money and I was like Ugh. and then I just logged off and never played again yeah. the which only was weird thing about so the, the part of that question, what do we see in that business model that, that, I, that we like, I think it would be awesome if there were another, if we could get free of the Mr. Accessory as currency for some things. To get free of people donating in $10 increments. Is somebody like playing soccer oh, in here? Yeah, we're playing a quick pickup soccer game. In a, in a drawer Just in my desk. Just organizing drawers. Just will leave. She was like flipping through my CDs and my DVDs and my cassettes and my eight tracks. 
And my Betamaxes and my LPs. I'm gonna get LPs. instead. LPs, nah, come on, LPs. You're you're not cool enough to own LPs. I have like three. They're yeah. they're Christian musicals. Uh, oh man, though. Uh, you know what? You know what? Uh, LPs I actually own uh, on my own. The, the well, the ones that I didn't buy after LPs came back. Uh, right. Starship, knee deep in the hoopla. Ooh. Uh, Daryl Hall, three hearts in the happy ending machine. <laughs> And uh, Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. I'll give you Slippery When Wet. I was unaware that uh, Daryl Hall actually did solo work. Does he had it, one, there was one the... song on it that I liked uh-huh. on the radio and thought it was really catchy, and I was like, hey, I want this record for Christmas, and my parents got me the record for You know, it was like, it was a thing that happened so fast that it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, anyway, it was a song called Dream Time, which has uh, clearly not stood the test of time, because uh-huh. nobody knows what it is. Yeah. I liked it though. Um, I feel like it was during that weird time when, when like, who was like David Lee Roth had that solo album, right? Uh, Skyscraper that had "This Must Be Just Like Living in Paradise." Was that David Lee Roth? Wow. Which is not uh, not nearly as good as uh, Phil Collins' "Another Day in Paradise." Right. Think twice, buddy. Was it as good as Paradise City by Guns N' Roses? <clears throat> no. Or no. Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. It was as good as that. I, I actually like Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Like that, for whatever reason, the thing that bothers me about I would do anything for love does not. Even though Paradise by the Dashboard Lights is the same song, it doesn't. I actually like it. That's weird. Uh-huh. Um, well, he says, does this place significantly more pressure on you as a company to retain players and create better content or gameplay? Absolutely. Like, it. It, it makes me nervous trying to launch another game in into this market right when there's so much stuff to do like we we really have to make sure that we're making something with uh, you know I, I think KOL has demonstrated that we have a design sensibility that resonates with people like we can make games that people think are fun and the only way that I think it's going to make it is by us making something that the KOL people like and has broader enough appeal that they will also tell their friends about it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think trying to draw attention to something from scratch, it, it, it has become a space where even good things get just it's sort of lost in the shuffle. Although the way to do it is the way that we're doing it, which is not to... or Which is to make something that's kind of purposefully stylized artistically so like in pixels say or in really simplified visuals that aren't trying to ape yeah I I mean it's like it's cartoon it's cartoon art you know it's it's yeah you're you're right using using a style that is that is lo-fi but but looks good is yeah, it's good. I, you know, it's this game is fucking fun, and I think that playing this game online with a persistent character would be fucking fun. And I think that I think that we can make something that people will enjoy and hopefully give us some money. And and you know, I I, I think we got a, I think we got a future in this industry. It's, uh, you know, thinking about the future is always tough. That's why I almost never do it, until yeah. your mom reminds me. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Chilled says, Jick, uh, 
No, right, let's see. Could you send a recording of tonight's radio show back about four hours from when you read this question so I know what happened with the game and whether I can run my hamster run tonight, please? Uh, sure, sure, buddy. It'll be fine. Uh, Scully, before I travel to Arizona for KOLCon, in which of these places do you think I spend a few days? A, Florida, B, Vegas, C, a dustbin somewhere in Iowa. Boy, I hope it's a dustbin somewhere in Iowa, chilled. Because everyone should spend a little time in Iowa. Oh, yeah? Just to, to know that uh, they don't want to ever spend any more time in Iowa. Actually, if somebody told me that I had to spend some time in Iowa or Indiana, Iowa would win. Oh, yeah? Yeah, motherfucking yeah. Indiana. Indianapolis and its surroundings. Fuck that shit. Have you and I, you and I have been to Indianapolis together for something, haven't we? Uh, yeah, Gen Con. Gen Con, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I had no opinion about Indianapolis, and then I went there on that road trip where we hung out at uh, Hot Stuff's cousin's house, and they were like, uh, yeah, I don't know, like uh, like an early 40s kind of hippie-ish couple that were in a cool neighborhood, and there was like a lot of cool stuff going on. Like, it was, it was really pleasant, and it was like a side of Indianapolis that I would not have believed existed. Hmm. Um... But yeah, I mean, having grown up in Illinois, I don't want to be anywhere near there. Chicago's all right. So between Florida and Vegas, I some of my fondest childhood memories are in Florida because, like, one of my dad's best friends moved to Florida when I was uh, eight, maybe, and that just became where we went on vacation. We would go, we would go see that guy, and either like. Dad and I would ride the motorcycle down there, just the two of us, or it would be like family vacation in the car or whatever, and we just go there like all the time, like once or twice a year, and it was it was just great, you know, like yeah, like I got to I got to I always got to go to a lot of arcades and stuff. We would often go through oh, or uh, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which those places are fucking awesome, and I really want to go back <laughs> there as an adult and see if my my memories of it are are rosy colored. Uh, or if it's actually, because it was just like a city that was just nothing but like water slides and indie car, mini indie cars and shooting galleries and stuff. Just, yeah, I there's one of those it. up in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Dells. You yeah. know, similar thing. Like, what can we do to make our city in the middle of nowhere interesting? And so they build a bunch of theme parks and mm. the the what and the whatnot. I I don't know though. The question though looked like he was asking us to pick which of those three options he has to spend time in and he's actually going to do not advice on which one he should do oh which of these places do you think I spend a few days I guess I read that as do you think I have to spend a few days rather than do you think I should spend a few days I see I'd go to Vegas eh, everybody's gotta do it once yeah do you are you not are you not a fan I, you know, I'm a fan, every time I go, I'm a fan to the point that I have disposable income to throw around. Sure. So, when I was single and broke, it was pretty fun, because it didn't matter if I lost what little money I had, because, you know, I'll just make some more, whatever. With a family and not broke, it's pretty fun, but, uh... I don't know. Hard for me to to gamble like a hundred dollars away in a half hour these days. Yeah. To think like ah, that was a hundred dollars. I could have bought a lawnmower. I definitely go for 
the the gambling there. I mean, I will I will usually earmark like I don't know thirty or forty dollars to play in like slot machines and video poker while I'm sitting at a bar or whatever. But the gambling that I like to do is just a sort of a slow burn at the blackjack table where it's like, all right, it's probably going to take me an hour to lose a hundred dollars instead of half an hour to lose a hundred dollars. Right. And maybe I'll get to sit here for five hours and break even. Um, yeah, that's what I like to do, too. It's getting harder and harder, though, to find blackjack tables where... I I only like to play blackjack at tables where you can touch the cards. Uh-huh. Because if you can't touch the cards, they're put down face up and the dealer does all the math. So the game goes way, way faster. Because when you can touch the cards, you're waiting for every single person at that table to add up their cards and make their decisions about whether to hit for or stand. Hmm. And it just it slows it down a lot and there's a there's a physicality to it that yeah, you know, it has a sort of a a a pathetic and admittedly unreal glamour to it that I am nonetheless taken in by and really enjoy. It, has that it makes me feel, feel cool to play blackjack at a blackjack table. Yeah. Even even though I'm looking around and there are people playing for a hundred times the stakes I'm playing for, and those are the guys who are experiencing the thing that I think I'm experiencing. You know, but it's it's fun. Um, but it's getting harder and harder to find places where you can touch the cards for less than like ten dollars a hand, and ten dollars a hand goes a little bit too fast. Yeah, you you give your twenty bucks from the ATM to the guy. And you get two hands, and you can... It's entirely possible and likely that you'll lose those two hands. Yeah. Instead of four hands. Yeah, the best time that we had was at one of the... Like, the Golden Nugget or something? One of the old run-down ones? Yeah, over on Fremont Street instead of on the Strip. Yeah. I think it's funny that the... The waitresses and hostesses tend to mirror the establishment that you're in. Yeah. Like, in the Golden Nugget, it's like... 65-year-old women named Hazel who sound like they've smoked a pack a day since birth. It's like, yeah, get you something to drink. And it just matches, you know? It kind of matches the the faded glory thing. Yeah. So I would go to Vegas, and I would make sure to go and, and dick around a little while. You know, also for somebody uh, who I think chilled is English, right? Uh, and so being somewhere where I feel like gambling is not as big a deal like where there are just places you can do it right yeah. um i don't know you know so there's there's gonna be less of that appeal the the strip is you know a lot of uh a lot of pomp and circumstance a lot of like, like it's very like this is what people do this is what people make their shit look like if they have a lot of money and their goal is to make shit look cool yeah right it's it's very you know, you'll just see like really hyper exaggerated architecture and just crazy show and exotic animals and and you know the like the largest X you've ever seen where X is any number of things hmm. you could name. Possibly the largest letter X. Possibly. Hmm. If you go to the Excalibur, that might be the largest X you've ever seen in the name of a thing. Yeah. Um Excalibur's getting kind of run down. There's like that Excalibur Circus Circus end of the strip that's like, uh, this is like the new, this is the new old Vegas. Yeah, I feel like 15 years ago, 
the first like the first time I went to Vegas, we went to Circus Circus, and it was kind of busted up then. Yeah, I enjoyed Circus Circus because there's that whole second floor that's just for shit for kids to do while your parents are gambling. <laughs> like the giant arcade up there. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Carnival games and stuff. Um, I don't know. I have fun every time I go to Vegas. I went to Florida as a tourist. And going there, you know, I, I didn't really finish my story. Some of my happiest childhood memories are in Florida, but that was from hanging around with somebody who lived there and knew where to go and stuff. Like, going there as a tourist, it was like, stayed in a hotel, took a nap, realized the bed was infested with bed bugs, uh, went around, walked around on the beach for a while, went into a store where there were, like, some, like, crazy, like, anti-gay T-shirts for sale. Hmm. And then, uh, and then left. Didn't even spend the one day there that we were planning on staying there on that trip because it was like, God damn, this is just, this place is just really objectionable <laughs> in like almost every way that it is possible for a place to be objectionable. I would say that actually the best time that we had in Florida on this most recent trip to Orlando, and we went to the Harry Potter thing and we went to Disney World, but I had the best time going to the beach and hanging out there all day and also going to the like I guess downtown Disney is what it's called the like shopping mall that's all Disney themed yeah <clears throat> and that was super fun like it was hard to explain to people why it was interesting and fun but they had a, a Mr. Potato Head theme store where they just had giant bins full of random Mr. Potato Head parts that you could fill a bucket with and buy them. That's and cool. That was interesting. You know, it's the same as when you go to the Lego thing and you can just buy a whole bucket full of single red buttons if you really want to. Yeah. Was not I, you know, it's weird. I don't understand why I like Downtown Disney, but I totally like Downtown Disney. It, it is... I feel like it is... Uh, just the epitome of this sort of like crass commercialism that I hate but somehow it's done in a way that it's like oh, okay here we are let's let's spend some money on some shit right. maybe it's that because that's kind of what Disney World is too but it it's the honesty of a prostitute and yeah Disney. I guess that's I guess that's true right like I mean I like I do not feel I don't get that crass commercialism thing triggered by Disneyland or Disney World because I honestly believe that the purpose of Disneyland is to make people happy, right? Huh. And it's like I it's I get that it's like probably more expensive than it needs to be, but then I think, you know what? Like I'm paying a lot of money for all this stuff in here, but they're using that money to like make sure that everything is really well maintained and really clean and everything is working all the time and like I've been to some real shitty theme parks and some real shitty carnivals and stuff and it's like it is really easy for the it would be really really easy for Disneyland to turn into a shithole but it doesn't and it hasn't and I don't believe that it ever will as long as it's operating because I honestly believe that what they are trying to do is not make money but make people happy yeah I can see that and and there's and I just do enjoy and out there. maybe I'm just being taken in by it, you know, because there's a lot of people who are like, no, 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 whatever, you know, it's just the cult of the mouse or whatever. And the same, same. I feel like there's as much anti-Disney sentiment as there is like anti-Apple sentiment or anti-Microsoft sentiment, and and I don't know, you know, maybe maybe Walt Disney was uh, anti-Semites or whatever, but like I I. 
I just, I believe in them for whatever reason. Mm. You know, it just, it, going there and just seeing, like, the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse just melts my cynicism. There is just, there is no way to deny the just overwhelming awesomeness of walking around that treehouse. And I, I don't know. I, it's, 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 it's crazy. And I like, I've started going there more often, the older I've gotten, because it's like, ah, right. I remember how great this is. Um, I, when I, yeah. So when I was talking about Florida, I guess I wasn't really thinking about Orlando and that, and that whole thing. It is though, like you go to places that are just on the periphery, like, you know, the stores around the hotel that we stay at for the KOL Orlando thing. And it's like, yeah, this place is kind of awful. Yeah. It's the South. It's the deep South. Yeah. And it's easy to forget that when you stray from the Disney or the SeaWorld reservation, man, do you get into deliverance country real quick. I would almost rather go to Disneyland than Disney World, Mm -hmm. which is weird because I really like Epcot Center. But yeah, I also prefer California to Florida, Pacific Ocean to Atlantic. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't think I've spent I've spent, you know, all of my experiences with the beach as a kid before I like sort of learned to hate the beach yeah. were in Florida. And so that's just what I think of it as. So I think of a beach as not having gross rotting seaweed washed up on it all the time, because I think that's a Pacific thing. I think that's uh, a body of water thing. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember those those things that just look like big ropey strands of gross rotting onions. Yeah. That's I don't remember ever seeing those in Florida. We went to Maybe. the one beach that we went to in Florida had huge clumps of that shit all over everything, and they were infested with the flies that will bite you if you let them. Yeah. That that was a shitty beach. That was not any fun at all. Ah, boy. Uh, Sako says, uh, time for one of those good old NS13 slash NS15 questions. I was kind of curious as to how your feelings on the matter now compared to your feelings on the matter then. To what extent do you see where they're coming from compared to how much you think there was some knee-jerk overreaction to having to do the extra quests? You know, none of the complaining, none of the drama was about the extra quests. It was about the sort of... the sum of all of the other things that we did, which, you know, we did end up relenting on, and it's... that. It was instructive. I d- I'm not sorry that we did it, but that doesn't mean that I think that we did everything right. You yeah, know, sure. I, it was it was a learning experience, and there are plenty of people like you who writes, I ask, of course, as a player who joined in August of 2007, has only ever known NS13 and missed a great deal of the drama present at the time. That's weird that that was... 2007 was NS13. That's yeah. More than half the lifetime of the game now. Uh, Crestoni says, I'm under the impression that you guys don't like Make a KOL threads very much. The only creative input I can remember in-game coming from the community is the hippo ballerina, and the description reads as if your developer's arms are being twisted into making it happen. Is that true? If so, why is that? Is it because the majority of creative content for players is bad? Is it because you think surprise on new content is an important thing? How do you personally view Make a KOL? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't look at it. Um, I think it's this... I'm sorry to take your thunder here, but I, I think oh, it's oh. the same... I feel about it the same way that Weird Al Yankovic feels about other people sending him song parodies. That a whole lot of it is going to be stuff that, while interesting and creative from the people who are sending it in, is not up to his standard of quality. And the stuff that is, is going to be stuff that's going to make him feel guilty if he comes out with something similar. 
So, like, actually looking at that stuff limits us in a way that we don't want to be limited. Yeah, I mean, I I think the best example of this is I avoid April Fool's speculation threads like the plague. Yeah. I will occasionally look at a thread that's like, hey, I got an idea for a cool familiar if I see that it's getting some traction and a lot of people are talking about it because, you know, maybe it's a thing that I never would have thought of. But there is an art to evaluating player feedback, right? And this is something that, like, I am really interested to see how this EVE Online thing plays out because they have really, really pissed off the Internet. Hmm. And I wonder, there is there is a tremendous amount of doom and gloom being forecasted for them. Their player base is being described as rioting wholesale. I'm curious as to whether or not anything is going to change, because I have a feeling that it won't. I have a feeling that they did this thing. It is unpopular in that way that things are unpopular on the Internet, which is to say they exist. And I think everything is going to be okay for the EVE Online guys. I think the EVE Online guys can tell their mom that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. People people don't know what they want. Um, people are bad at defining the problems that they have. They are bad at expressing the problems that they have, and they are even worse at coming up with solutions for those problems. But you can use what they're saying to sort of figure out what they need, right? And... I will always read complaints about stuff. What I will often not give any credence to at all are suggestions on how to fix stuff that they're, that's being complained about, right? Um, and the stuff where it's like, hey, what about a zone that's like this and this and this? And it's the worst. Like if somebody, if somebody is like, hey, I, I spent a lot of time working on this, and every once in a while it'll be something like, you know, like I have to admit, when, when MC Front a lot was like, hey, so I'm kind of embarrassed to even show you this because it's such a, like, fan thing to do, but I kind of came up with this zone and quest thing. And then he showed it to me, and it was, like, a 12-page document that actually actually was, like, a design doc. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, that, huh, this, th that was actually some work, you know? And we, you know, we ended up, we ended up making a lot of, a lot of tweaks and stuff to it, but, like, most people who are, who think that they have an idea for something don't really understand the amount of work that it takes to turn an idea into something that is a real thing. Oh, uh, people and, like me. <laughs> and uh, well, we all we all fall yeah, into I, that trap, right? Like we all think, like, oh yeah, you know, it's like I'm like, hey guys, I think we should start working on this new clan dungeon that I have instead of the one that we've been working on because I've got way more ideas for this one. And then it's like, all right, before I actually tell people that, I need to put my, I need to put my pen where my mouth is, and make sure that this thing that I'm seeing in my head isn't mostly just glitter that doesn't amount to anything and fills in all the gaps where I haven't come up with anything yet. Hmm. But people who say they have an idea for something, like, you know, you have, you have, like, the name of an idea. You don't have an idea yet. And also, we have way more ideas than we have time to do shit. Yeah. That's, that is not the commodity that we lack. Inspiration and the ability to decide on the surface what things are going to be is not the commodity that we lack um, that said you know the things that players suggest that make it into the game are things like oh you guys 
you really should have made a joke about this in this description. And we'll be like, oh, you're totally right. How did we miss that? And we'll put that in. You know, back in the early days when adding content was as simple as like putting in an item and making a name and that's, you know, we'll decide what this does later. There was more stuff like that that went in. Um, you know, now that now that the quality control process is a thing, it's much harder for me to just get drunk and throw million meat pancakes in. See, that's a good that's a good example of how <laughs> it never it, like that often does not yield anything that is at all sensical. Good old million meat pancakes. <laughs> uh, you, you about ready to get off this here radio show? Yeah, I think so. I gotta. I'm gonna try and smoke me a little cigar before I have to babysit rollover to make sure that the new database server plays nice. All right. Um, so we'll see y'all next week. And Excelsior.